Hey guys, this is Sadie Patchen. And Dale King. And you're listening to Forceman Strong. guys welcome to another slightly delayed yet highly anticipated episode um today on the show we're bringing on aaron and michaela hale they started a veteran-owned business known as eod fudge and you might have seen them recently on fox business news discussing that um aaron is an army vet he was a eod tech while he served in Afghanistan, which is where he unfortunately lost his vision due to an IED explosion. When he recovered and came home, he got involved in various organizations that helped lead him back to doing some of the things that he loved prior to entering the military, such as hiking and biking. And while doing some of these things in uh, preparation for hiking Mount Kilimanjaro, he happened to contract bacterial meningitis which um, led him to become totally deaf Um, this episode is extremely powerful and one that we think you all are going to really enjoy so without further ado meet aaron and michaela hale from eod fudge i think it's going to be very important for the listeners to hear your story from your point of view aaron so Mm -hmm. if you could just Take us through that day in Afghanistan. Um, okay. Um, he just wants, Dale wants you to just take us through, like, the the night that you got injured really quickly, because they want the listeners to be able to hear it from your point of view. Um, so just go through, like, the night that you got injured and, like, what it was like after you got injured. Absolutely. Uh, December 8, 2011, I was just back from my two weeks of R&R back home. He, the the team picked me up in our our armored truck from Kandahar and was driving me back to our Ford operating base. And along the way, in in the convoy, the uh, the, the the convoy commander called up and said, uh, "EOD, there's a roadside IED uh, along our route. Can you?" Can you handle it? Can you take it? And of course, you know, we jumped to the chance to, to take care of this uh, item. Uh, we've set security cord on. I pulled the truck up. We threw the robot out after moving my luggage out of the way. And the robot found a, a pressure, pressure plate IED with a, a, like a, an oil jug. It's a standard thing in that area of operation. So we took care of the, the uh, pressure plate, but we couldn't get the jug out of the ground. It was just too hard packed. So I had to jump, get my boots on the ground and, and go take care of it myself. I was going to go collect evidence and uh, dispose of the rest. About 20 meters from the original item, a secondary device that hadn't yet been discovered detonated. The blast hit me pretty much in the head. Uh, the rest of my body was 
uh, virtually untouched, but the blast uh, took both of my eyes, cracked my skull, blew up both my eardrums. I was leaking spinal fluid right out of my nose. And uh, um, I didn't realize this at first, of course. I just knew that the lights had gone out. And originally I thought my uh, helmet had been pushed over my face. But after I'd done the, you know, the, the finger wiggle and toes test, uh, I reached up to fix my helmet and realized that there was no helmet there. That's when I thought, oh no, this is bad. The army is going to want that back. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's people have heard that joke one too many times. <laughs> but uh, it's true. That's, that, that's, yeah, that, I guess it takes a certain personality type to be you because that's the first thing I thought. Um, I was medevaced uh, back to Walter Reed within about uh, 48 hours and on my way to recovery and learning how to be a blind person for the rest of my life. So in that in that recovery period, um, how did Michaela come into the picture? So during that recovery period, how did Michaela come into the picture? Well, uh, Michaela and I have known each other since childhood. Our mothers were childhood friends in Baltimore. Uh, my mom moved to Ohio and started family, and hers to Colorado. Uh, but every summer they would do the road trip back to Maryland by way of Ohio. So um, we've always, always known each other. But uh, after my injury uh, and a few years later, I don't know, we just connected over social media and that led to text messages, which led to phone calls, which led to me convincing her that she needed to come out for a first date, uh, which lasted a, a week long. <laughs> so, so Michaela, walk us through why that first date took so long. Um, well, you know, Aaron was married before uh, me, and uh, he had been divorced for probably two years or so before we started talking. Um, and... I like I knew what he was up to via social media and like his mom. Um, and I just really admired what he was doing with his life after injury. So he was advocating for other veterans and he was um, doing all these amazing adventure sports. And I had a ton of questions like, how do you do that? And um, a lot of it, like our conversations just started off with like, hey, how's your mom? And like, how have you been the last 20 years? And like, what's going on? And what are you up to? It's really awesome to see you doing so well. And, um, and then it just kind of progressed from there. We really enjoyed talking to each other. So, um, so yeah, he was busy and I was busy. I mean, I was like going to college and like growing up and starting my first career and I lived in California at the time. So I did follow him like just via social media and through our family, um, just communicating back and forth. And I knew when he got injured in Afghanistan and it just took a few years, I guess, for the fates to figure it out. I don't know, Facebook to tell us to talk to each other. So, <laughs> so that was the lead up, but why did your first date last a whole week? Oh, well, we had been talking on the <laughs> phone for 
a while. And um, we, I, I didn't really take time off work. And like coming all the way from California to Florida, it's a significant flight. So I just figured I'd take time off of work. And um, we live near the beach here. So I was like, yeah, we'll just hang out at the beach and like cook and hang out. And so we just did that for a week. And then I went back home to Florida uh, or I mean to California and went back to work and Aaron headed off to a speaking engagement uh, for a veterans organization. And when he came back, he had contracted bacterial meningitis. Um, So I was only home for maybe three days, four days. And I got a phone call from his mom that he was in the ICU, intubated, had bacterial meningitis, which you don't really hear about adults getting that very often. Um, And so I didn't know what to expect. I just kind of thought that he would be okay. Like, yeah, they'll like, I was really naive. I was like, yeah, they'll they'll like give him antibiotics and it'll be fine. And his mom was like, no, it's like, it's really serious. And um, it was his sister's wedding engagement party or wedding shower um, in Ohio and all the family was up there. And so his mom let me know that um, it would be a few days before they could make it down here to check on Aaron. Um, So I, within 24 hours, was back on a flight to Florida and in the hospital with him. And initially, I just, I still at that point thought, like, it's just going to be a few days, and then he'll get back to normal. I'll go back to my job, and um, and everything will be fine, but it, it didn't work out that way. Um, we quickly learned that he would be deaf, um, and that, like, living alone is not going to happen for a, a while. And um, he needed, even when they were willing to send him home, he needed somebody to give him um, antibiotics through a pick line. It was like a permanent port that was inserted into his bloodstream. So um, so I just kind of took on that job of taking care of him. And I just thought that, like, he'll, he'll get better. It's just like, when? And, um, and his balance was really really bad he was in a wheelchair for a long time um so it it felt like forever but what what's what was that experience like being both deaf and blind Aaron? he asked what was that experience like being deaf and blind well pretty tough i mean there were definitely less elaborate ways to get a second date but uh uh it was difficult. I waking up in the hospital with my mom and Michaela by my side. I didn't realize uh, I'd been I've been out for that long in days. Um, I'd uh, been hallucinating and dreaming, coming in fits of confusion. And when I finally was lucid, Michaela, who had, to me had just flown back to California, was right by my side again. Um, and I uh, was losing my hearing very quickly. Now, whether it was the bacteria or the high doses of antibiotics, it was it was destroying my inner ear and also taking my sense of balance at the same time. So for months, while I both had to recover, you know, had to make sure that the infection was gone before they could do the you know, surgery for the implants. 
I was completely deaf and completely blind. And all of the things that I'd learned to use to adapt to my world, to cope, uh, to navigate the world, most of that, almost all of it was audio-based. Talking phone, computer, uh, barcode scanner in my my uh, kitchen. Um, I couldn't even get on my treadmill to work out because it felt like somebody was trying to rip the rug out from under me. Um, I it was it was an awful awful feeling being it's like a prisoner in my own body and with solitary confinement. So it was fantastic that this angel was there to help nurse me back to, to health. She began writing every letter of every word of everything she wanted to say to me into the palm of my hand so we could communicate. I started learning Braille, but of course, as soon as the cochlear implant started working, I stopped studying Braille. Uh, um, and we just, we started finding ways to, 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 to figure it out, to do, to live again. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, 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 I explain it much like being an EOD tech. I, you know, every, every three tech team in the army gets a trailer full of tools from bomb suits to hazmat decontamination kids, you name it, we've got it. And it's to dispose, dismantle, uh, diffuse any IDs or uh, unexploded ordnance out there. And we need to be prepared. But of course, when we get into theater, when we get onto the battlefield, we're given given this armored truck that's not quite the size as our shipping container. So we've got to pick out some tools and leave some behind. And then, of course, as in Afghanistan, a lot of those patrols were dismounted. I mean, foot patrols, which means I've got to pick from all those tools and what can fit in my backpack, my rucksack. So now I'm short some more tools, but I got to still I still got to do the job. So number one, I've got a huge, I've got a great support system. Number two, I just fell back on my training. You know, what tools do I have at hand? What techniques can I learn to do with what I do have? But, um, yeah, and I mean by the time. You know, so he lost his hearing and came down with meningitis in August of 2015. By that April, we were climbing Mount Baldy in California together. Um, He had already signed up for the Akron Marathon in September of that year. I mean, he was finding reasons to get motivated again and train and we went to physical therapy to work on his balance we went into like a three-week program like inpatient where they worked only on his balance and all this was just to prepare for like getting better and and continuing to do the things he wanted to do and that Akron marathon he ran the best time he's ever had even before he went blind or before he went deaf so um and then I think he's run probably seven since he's gone deaf and blind. So uh, he just doesn't stop, which is awesome. And and then in the meantime, we like started a chocolate company. So the goodies never say die. <laughs>
Uh, I went from the wheelchair to using my uh, trekking poles, just to, you know, what, I, what I used to use to get up and down the mountains, uh, just to get to the, the mailbox. And I learned how to walk again. I learned how to run and 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 just like everything else, you just got to find a way. Of course, you know, talking about uh, building a you know, chocolate company, it, it happened three years ago right now. Uh, it was the, the holidays, Thanksgiving. I was I would refuse to feel sorry for myself, be a victim, sit there and do nothing. We had friends coming, family coming, and I was going to put on a huge feast. So I got to it, and I figured out how I could make this feast without being able to see it or hear. Uh, and I still I cooked from basically from memory, and I made tons of food, so much food, uh, a couple turkeys, a ham, all of the fixings, and I was making uh, desserts weeks in advance. So much food uh, and pies, cakes. And fudge, lots of fudge, so much fudge. And Michaela was sneaking it out the front door. And say sneaking, like you have to be real stealthy with a blonde deaf guy. <laughs> but, uh, that's that's when people started coming back. Our neighbors were coming back and asking if they could buy more for their baby shower, their birthdays. Of course, yeah, please do. And it just kind of snowballed into a business. And uh, it's been it's been fantastic. So what what do you feel was the best lessons learned from the military to help you start your business? What do you feel like the best lessons you learned were from like to start that you could apply to starting your business that you learned in the military? Number one, it's that never quit attitude. You get knocked down, you get back up every single day. You, you take you have the discipline to just keep moving whether you feel like it or not uh, you still have your responsibility I treat it like a, uh, my I treat everything as though it's an ethical imperative uh, that it's my duty uh, whether it's being a father being a husband um, being you know, a co-owner in this business it's my duty to perform my best and to improve every day. So I get up early. I take care of myself. I work out. I read. I'm uh, constantly listening to audiobooks and, and podcasts, trying to find ways that today I can make better than yesterday uh, in in all all uh, you know in, in all aspects of life. Couldn't say it any better. That's awesome, man. Um, what what have been some of the? I know you guys just went on uh, Fox News this previous week. Um, walk us through some of your biggest challenges by having a e-commerce chocolate business. You said walk us through some of the challenges that you've had having an e-commerce business. Well, uh, number one. Um, so much of it is visually based, but what's great about having such a fantastic partner is that you know we can we can share the load. Uh, at first, 
it was how are we going to keep up with demand right out of this little you know family kitchen so we had to find a way to expand uh, but we 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 didn't have the capital so we found we found partners and and we it's just about finding solutions yeah so and a lot a of scale a lot of like finding those solutions is every day you might be sitting at your computer all day long writing emails and trying to find solutions to your problems so um expanding and like the growing pains that we experience as business owners and entrepreneurs uh they only happen the solutions only come if you're willing to put in the work to find those answers they're not going to come knocking on your door you have to figure them out so um we were lucky enough to find a kitchen that um you know, makes all of our treats using Aaron's recipes and um, non-disclosure agreements, like all these things that like they they make everything as if Aaron's making it himself. And now he's able to focus in the R&D kitchen and do some research and like develop new recipes and things that we're really excited about. So our time is better spent managing from a higher level and um, marketing our company and doing the things that we're most passionate about instead of me folding boxes and like putting fudge in and labels on things, you know? So, um, so it's just, but then, but it's good to put in the hard work up front too. Like you doing that hard work is important to understand your business. We know what goes into making all of this stuff happen. So um, yeah. Great. So now that it's being uh, actually Black Fridays in two days from this recording, um, what's the best way our listeners can help support you guys? He said, what's the best way our listeners can help support you guys with Black Friday being around the corner? Oh, the best way uh, to support us is to support uh you know, first find us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, of course, you know we've got that uh, great holiday package you put together, and uh, they can they can go to the website eodfudge.com. Yeah, and go to Doc Spartan. Um, I know you guys have put together these awesome packages. I'm just like looking at them every day on Instagram and being like, who can I buy these for? I'm going to send one to his brother and to his dad. Everybody gets Doc Spartan because you all need to smell good for the holidays. And you even have stuff for women, which is amazing. So you get like our doc, uh, our um, caramels and you get deodorant. <laughs> what better combination is that? Winning. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, thank, thank you for that generous plug, but um, everyone loves chocolates. Everyone loves fudges. Everyone loves pecan pie. Uh, you guys definitely need to go to eodfudge.com and, uh, and put in your order for, uh, for anyone, yourself, your family, everyone. We've had, we forced ourselves to basically try everything that they had, and uh, we still haven't found anything um, anything that we wouldn't get again so much so that we uh, had to put a block on it like <clears throat> no one else can open any more boxes of this we have to sell it it's uh, it's it's, really it's been good. a real problem yeah 
it's super, super good. So uh, feel free to go to their website uh, and, and get that stuff. And if you know, if you want um, any Doc Spartan stuff too, um, our our stuff gets released on, on Black Friday, 50, 50 men's holiday bundle and 50 women's holiday bundle. Um, before we close out, guys, is there anything, any last comments, anything you'd like to say, any any parting words of wisdom? Anything you want to say, any last words of wisdom or things you want to? Well, I uh, just want to say that, uh, yeah, I, I do treat uh, our quality and the, the, how we run our business the same as I did as a bomb technician. You wouldn't want a guy... Uh, diffusing bombs, I got a C average in school. Uh, I, I, I do my best every day to make sure that EOD fudge and all our confections are the highest quality and that everything you, that uh, our customers eat is going to be the best thing they ever had. Great, man. That's awesome. I think uh, we... Good. Well, awesome. thank you guys so much for a round two. Um, yeah. On our, on our, <laughs> we know you guys are super busy with your son's birthday today, too. So I um, want you guys to know happy Thanksgiving and hope to talk to you guys very, very soon. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, we're very thankful for you guys. Love you all. Hey, love you guys, too. Bye. 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 Bye.